0: Welcome to this old app, a podcast about learning, coding, smashing stuff together, breaking things apart, startups, failing, winning, and any other buzzwords we can think of.
1: Hey, good morning, Randy. Uh, Hello. This morning, hey, we've got uh, we've got Becca Hara Weigel on with us. Um, I, I became aware of uh, Becca through Twitter, um, at, at, which is which is the great meeting place. Um, She's been doing some uh, work with Moms King Code. She's got a seminar she's doing. Uh, I'll, I'll even let Becca explain exactly what it is. A course she's doing on uh, Ethereum and blockchain um, with uh, with Moms King Code. So welcome, Becca.
0: Hi, it's so good to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, more than happy to have you. So why don't we start there? Why don't we start with with uh your story really so we um so I, I I was working through your blog posts and and reading everything you've got going on um, so so why don't you talk a little bit about your journey and how you came into the uh, into this uh, crazy world we call coding
0: absolutely so my story is a little different than most um About a year and a half ago, I gave birth to my fourth child, and during um, labor, two of my organs ruptured, so I had extensive surgery, and when I came out of that, I was a little bit a mess, (laughs) to say the least. So um, as I was trying to deal with that, I found that I had a lot of anxiety, and I had PTSD, and I couldn't... Focus on anything except what happened to me. So my husband is a developer and he said, Why don't you try coding? And I thought, like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't have enough to do. And but whatever, he wore me down, I guess. And I started coding with free code camp. I'm like, wow, when I'm coding. I'm not thinking about everything that happened to me, and I'm just focused on the code. And like, even when I got an error message, it was kind of a blessing because I was so focused on figuring out like what to do with this error message and how to make what I want the code to do to appear on screen that it took my mind off of everything else. So initially, it was incredibly therapeutic. Um, and, and it suits my personality. Um, there was a lot of logic behind it, but still some creativity. And those are things that I like to do. And very early on, I um, found Moms Can Code on Twitter. their are momscancode.com if you want to check them out. And it happened that their founder, Erica Peterson, lived about 40 minutes from me. And she said, "Hey, let's meet up." And for me, this was huge because somebody was kind of reaching out to me and saying, "Like, hey, let's have this personal relationship." And so I found that they were in an incredibly great support system to help me to continue on this journey, and not only the coding journey but the mom journey as well, which was, you know, kind of was in a funky place at the time because of everything that happened. So. Um, they really supported me when I needed supported and still do. And that's why, um, I've become a coach for them. Like you said, I am going to be teaching, it's called a 30 day blockchain challenge, but we focus on Ethereum. So we learn a little bit about what Ethereum is and what are the terms and what can you do with it? And we do a little bit of coding and solidity too. So um that's kind of where I am now. I also am super excited to say that I received a scholarship. It's the Facebook and Flatiron School Scholarship. And I just began the Flatiron um program on Monday. So uh that's the the condensed version of where I've been since last fall.
1: That's that that is that is quite a story. Um <laughs> and, and and very uh I'll even say inspiring it, it, okay. it, it to, to to come out of to come out of something uh, medically traumatic like that and 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 land here um, re- really exciting to hear. Thank you. Um, and, and um as as listeners have heard, Rand, Randy's uh, taught at the Northwestern Boot Camp, so um, you're probably better off at the uh, at Flatiron than in one of Randy's <laughs> classes, but. <laughs>
2: Is a uh, flat art? I guess I'll ask. Is a is a program you're doing the full is a full time program or do they offer part time? How does that work?
0: Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, because I'm a mom to four kids who are uh, nine and under, I don't have time for a full time program right now. But they have yeah. like an online flex program, so I think most people finish it within 12 to 18 months, and on average spend. I think between two and three hours a day on it. So um, it's nice that I can do it online. This morning I got up at quarter to five and I worked on it before the kids were up. Um, and then like sporadically when I have time. So it's really flexible. And I found there's a couple of other moms in Moms Can Code that have done it too. And I think their their job placement rate afterwards is like 97%. It's really high. So I feel really confident that I'm going to learn a lot, but I'm going to come out job ready too.
2: That's excellent. I mean, this this probably goes into more about Moms Code, the entire goal around that program. But the part time boot camps, mm-hmm. to me, are the best way to make the goals of inclusiveness um, work in the tech industry. Um, Mainly, like just from observation, this is definitely not a scientific study of my own, but I have substitute taught for. I've t- I've taught a part time course at my boot camp, and I also taught a full time course, and the diversity um, between yeah. the two is pretty striking. Um, in terms of, we had like we had a woman with three kids in my boot- my part time class. And everyone that was in the full time was looks like they were pretty much out of college or weren't a whole lot of folks willing they because you got to work or right. you have a family to raise. And I think that these the online programs, which I have not taught, but I've been introduced to, I, I feel like this is the kind this is the way people are going to really transition in mass, not not this like, hey, let me drop everything for 15 weeks and just focus on code because right. people have lives to do um, in the meantime.
0: Yeah, it is totally not realistic to say we're including moms and in everything, but stop <laughs> what you're doing for the next 12 weeks and totally immerse yes. yourself in this when your kids are at home. It's just not doable. Um, I mean, it's prohibitive because of time and also resources because, you know, we're also responsible for families. Um, Yeah. So I had tweeted about a topic similar yesterday or the day before talking about, you know, how companies can be more inclusive. And there are some companies who let their employees work in different time zones. So there's a little bit of overlap, but not total. But then we have other companies who refuse to be flexible for moms who might need to take their kid to the doctor or start at a later time or start at an earlier time. I feel like the tech industry has a great power to um, be flexible in those types of things. And so let's open up the education to people by doing what boot camps are doing and let's open up the industry as well.
1: Yeah, for sure yeah <laughs> we, we, we've, we've talked about uh, so so one thing we've talked about in the past is um, is getting into a flow and 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 the ability to focus um, so how how do you work what you you already talked about how you work on, on this and and you talked uh, in in one of your blog posts I've read about about the same thing about getting up early um working through stuff and, and then, and then the baby wakes up and and that sort of thing. So it, it, uh, it's certainly, um, it's certainly great that you're able to push through and, and probably, uh, probably baby in one arm continue on, uh, continue learning. So, (laughs)
2: so
1: so that, that's great. Um, what, so what is, well, let's talk a little bit more about Flatiron and then I want to jump over to, uh, to moms can code. Um, what is the curriculum that you're taking at Flatiron? Is it uh, as far as what platforms, what languages, um, what 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 do you expect to come out of that with?
0: Um, so right now I have just kind of jumped into it. I did their, they do have a free online, um, I think it's called a bootcamp prep, which is, which I started with. And this is how I fell in love with Flatiron School. I'm like, they get me, they understand how I need to learn. Um, and so I did that, and now I'm jumping back into it and starting with some Ruby. Um, but they, um, the program is full stack, so learn some um, front end and back end. And I think um, they've got JavaScript, they've got Ruby, and I'm trying to think of what else you're learning. But for, for now, <laughs> that's where, where my brain is.
2: Sure, that's all sure. you need to worry about right now. <laughs> Don't worry about the rest until they give it to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, well, great. So, uh, let's talk real quick about the the Ethereum challenge that you're setting up. What what what's going into that? How what are you doing to prepare to to uh, what it sounds like is you're preparing this for others um, on the Moms kinko platform to go out and try. So, how how are you building that and and what, what are the prerequisites for it, and what are people getting out of it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the I ran it once before, and so I've made some updates to it. Um, I think a beginner could do it, but if you have some experience with a coding language like JavaScript, it doesn't have to be much, but understanding the basics, I think you'll find the activities will go by a little bit quicker. Um, but still, I would call it a beginner course. So you're learning about um, what it is, why it's important in coding and solidity. Um, so it's basically a curated list of materials that's only about five hours a week because I tried to figure out what what's doable for moms who are already doing everything, right? Um, and I think five hours is probably the max that I would go. And there's some materials that you could probably skip over. There's videos that you could watch on time and a half and still get something out of it. Um, And so by the end, you should have an understanding of what what, uh, Ethereum is, how to use the language Solidity, what you can do with it, um, and how you can um, make a decentralized app.
1: Cool. So if you don't mind, if, if you don't mind expanding a little for me, because I, I, I know Ethereum is a currency. I also know it is a language and that's why, or, or, platform. And that's why a lot of people are big on Ethereum versus Bitcoin or some of the others because it's, it's a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, what are, What are a couple things that can be done with Ethereum and Solidity?
0: Yeah, so I think um, there's so much that can be done with it. And that's why I love this idea of looking into it and seeing what people are doing with it. Um, And (laughs) so so I'll give you a basic example, if that's okay, and then tell you a couple of things that I think it would be really awesome for. Does that sound okay?
1: That sounds great. Thank you.
0: Okay, um, so just a little bit about um, Ethereum. It's a decentralized platform that runs smart contracts, which basically means there's computers all over the world that it's run through, and there's no one point that makes it controllable. And this is one of the things that makes it... This is why it's called decentralized. This is why it's really secure. Um, and so what we do with what you see happen is there's these smart contracts, okay? Okay. So, um, basically you are creating a contract and it's run through here and that means you're taking out the middle man. And so one example that I heard that I really liked was, um, if you have an apartment that you're renting, you can have a contract written on Ethereum on the Ethereum blockchain and it can say, um, this person has to pay me rent by the first of every month. And as long as they do that, the uh, locks on the doors will still work. Now, assuming you have some kind of um, electronic computerized lock. So say um, a person doesn't pay you on the first. They don't go and deposit that. And so the um, contract is now void and it automatically resets the locks so they can't get into their apartment. And so then you eliminate things like... Um, having to evict somebody or, or deal with people not paying. So um, you're probably thinking like, well, that sounds really crazy. You know, maybe they just forgot and they were going to pay you that day. So yeah, (laughs) this is one of those uh, examples that shows how it could be both good and bad um, because you're eliminating all of those little things like going and collecting money or having to deal with people who aren't paying rent. But at the same time, you'll find that that in some ways, this isn't a good example because it, sometimes you need um, that human understanding. So maybe sure. this person was late on paying their rent because their boss was late on paying them, but they have the cash for you on the second. Um, it, and so then there's where some problems come. Um, but I think that there are applications, um, and I use that one because I feel like it's understandable, that example. Um, sure. Sure. But some of my favorite ideas, okay, so I know a lot of moms who do freelance work. And if you run your contract on the Ethereum platform, someone pays you the money and the website gets launched or they get the um, article that you wrote for them. And so in that way, there's, there's nothing, few things worse than being a freelancer and doing all this work and then people not paying you, right? Um, you don't have to go to court over a couple hundred dollars because it's a waste of your time, but at the same time you need to get paid. So, um, I like the idea of freelance on there. If you're looking big picture, um, we can talk about voting um, <laughs> using the uh, Ethereum platform. Um, talk about secure. Uh, there, I doubt there would be any issues with vote tampering or anything like that if we're we're running it on Ethereum. Um, one of the things that I think would be an amazing application, um, based on my experiences over the last two years, is in healthcare. Um, we have hospitals that are. Um, not communicating with each other in terms of medical records. So I gave birth in one hospital, and I had my surgery in a totally different network. So I had to get records transferred, and not everybody is inputting data in the same way. And so more than once um, in my life, I've had difficult, a difficult time transferring records Um, and also like the lack of security and record transfer, I was just really shocked at. So if we want to make health records secure, one, put it on an Ethereum platform and two, create a system where the data is all taken in, in the same way. So if we can do that, I feel like we could solve a lot of health crises in the United States and we could even, um, look at data more closely to help um, prevent health crises from happening. So that goes a little bit sure. beyond the Ethereum platform, but I think it's one step in, in doing, um, doing something that could be really beneficial to um, healthcare.
1: For sure. And that, that certainly seems to be the promise of, of the blockchain is the decentralized nature of it. And, and, and the 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 worst example, <laughs> the worst comparison I can come up with is probably like GitHub. <sides> GitHub is, is in itself a, a decentralized um, network, so so it's not like this is a new concept. Right. Um, it's just that they they've
2: done more with it. Um, so why? <clears throat> so so- let me. Well, I guess let me reverse, let me just ask why was why is blockchain? Why did that? how did you find out about it in the first place? And then why is that your, why did that attract you to start with? Of, I mean, <laughs> that's, I guess, because it's a, it's a pretty complex thing to introduce uh, if you're getting into this line of work, I guess.
0: Yeah. So that's a really good question because it doesn't seem logical to start there. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> especially since I'm pretty new, but yeah. I would say, The reason why I was, um, Moms Can Code said, hey, do you want to be one of our coaches? And I said, absolutely. So I'm like going over in my mind, like what could I do? And at that point, I had started doing um, some solidity coding online. And I found that I actually liked it and that it Mm -hmm. wasn't that difficult for me to understand. I actually found that it was probably easier than JavaScript. for me, at least. So I thought, okay, well, this is something I like. And I had listened to this webinar on Ethereum, I think. And I said, okay, so this is so new and Solidity is new um, that anybody who is learning to do it now is going to help define it for the future. And I mean, mm-hmm. what could be more interesting than defining something that's going to change the future? Um, <laughs> I. Um, yeah. My background is in English. I taught college English for 10 years, and science fiction has always appealed to me. And in some ways, this felt like fulfilling the dreams of somebody who likes science fiction. Start here, and you can do the future, right?
1: Yep. Very cool so so your your journey and, and and I'm not I'm not comparing the the medical aspect of it because that that was something you had to work through. Um, your journey re- reminds me a, a little of of um, what Randy's wife is doing currently. So Randy, uh, talk a little bit about about the transition your wife is making and and where she's ended up.
2: Well, she her background is theater and she worked her full-time job in the past was working at a law office as an office manager and she has always been the kind of fourth wheel whenever we hang out with other couples that code and she just didn't have anything to say about it you know it was and i think over time she got more curious about what we were doing i did not start her down the solidity ethereum path mainly because it's (laughs) for me, I'm like, I don't know it that well, and I definitely don't want to have two like blind leading the blind. but um I think when I after I taught my the boot camp the first time and I kind of talked about how you know thirty almost thirty people made these huge transitions in their careers, I think it became more like, in her life, she saw someone else making that change and it no longer looked as completely daunting. And, you know, we've had other friends that maybe they didn't do a boot camp, but um, the, the woman that works with me right now, she switched from hair, being a hairdresser to a full-time developer, full-stack developer. So awesome. all of those influences of people in our life and community, Kind of influenced her to say, maybe I should take a stab at this, and I did throw her in the deep end. I gave her a small project that she, while she was learning HTML, that actually wow. was paid for by a client, and she did it really well. So um, that's how she got involved. Uh, we're now thinking about her doing a boot camp uh, just to speed things up. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the community, like that's why I'm I am curious more about moms who code because the community is huge um doing this solo and i try to tell this to my students who love to work by themselves at at, during classes i'm like learning solo is the least productive way to do it not that you can't and not that you don't have a choice sometimes you got four kids at home you don't really have a chance to take all four of them to a community center and code with people but if you have the option working with other people is a faster road, for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. One of my favorite things to do with Moms Can Code is virtual co-working. I mean, the one of the greatest parts of that is usually I have a kid interrupting or a child on my lap and nobody cares because we're all working on this together. And, and it's nice to not feel like, oh, my kids are getting in the way of what I want to be doing, Right. They can be right there mm-hmm. with me while I'm doing it.
2: Have you all thought about kit to code and then just making them work on stuff for you that you then like, you know, pull requests and you just
0: merge them in the whole time? We try and tell my nine year old all the time. He keeps he asked me the other day, how can I make six hundred dollars quickly? And I said, Well, learn to code and you can put <laughs> something for someone. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yep, <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah, for sure. I was gonna, I was gonna say that's called child labor, uh, Randy. <laughs> but no, it 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 certainly is a case of of getting 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 them involved early too. Um, none of my none of my children had any interest. My son went at his middle school; they had um, electives where he could do website coding and that sort of thing. So he took those, and he's like. I just don't like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like that's okay. It 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 takes a, a demented brain to like to code. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: Yeah, my you, um, you, you like you I was going to say my 9-year-old um is learning Python now, which neither my husband or I really know. So it's interesting cuz he'll sit down and do I can't remember the name of the program. Um, but, but he works on it some because he loves video games and he doesn't get unlimited video game time. So this, this is part like, okay, well you, you're done with video games for the day, but if you want to code, you can.
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. And and that's, that's why I I pushed him in the direction of learning is because he, he's got that same video game. I I like to to do it. And I was like, well, this is a way you can actually learn how to program what they're doing. And he just came out of it going, no, it's, (laughs) it's too structured. Yeah. (laughs) So, so very, and, and you were talking earlier about, about um, finding solidity as, as a platform that, that spoke to you. Um, And, and, and I think we've talked about, about, how each person kind of has languages and platforms that work for them. Right. Um, I, I have, I've dabbled in a bunch of languages. Um, I dabbled in Ruby. I dabbled in Python. I'm a little further than dabbling in Python, but Ruby never spoke to me. Uh, I, I was able to, to, to do the examples. I worked through a whole whole course And at the end of it, I was like, you know what, this, uh, it's just not flowing for me. Um, I I tend, and, and this might just be, who, who knows the psychology behind it, but I tend to drift more towards the scripting languages. So I, I, my early on, my biggest one was PHP. And then I, I slowly drifted over to JavaScript as well, um, and now JavaScript is becoming less scripty and more, uh, more compiled with all the different uh, pre pre processors you have to put in it.
2: (laughs) But it's all depends. It all depends uh, on the person. I mean, Ruby to me was the easiest thing I've ever learned. It was, I loved it. I, I still do. There's, you know, I wish it was as prevalent as JavaScript because I would, I always prefer coding in Ruby versus JavaScript. The only problem is JavaScript is everywhere. It empowers you way more. And that's the, the big divide there.
1: One thing you were talking about earlier, and I know we're bouncing around a bit, but there, there's so many different things I want to hit. And I keep coming back to my notes. Um, we, we, we talked about, um, we talked about uh, inclusivity and, and how companies can um, can make it easier um, Randy and I have discussed previously um, remote work versus working in the office. And in, in order to do that, a company has to be a bit more results driven mm-hmm. um, than than time clock driven. Um, and I think that that goes along with, with what I was reading along in one of your, your blog posts, which was part time work is just as important as full time work. Yes. It's as long as you have the mindset of results driven, are you getting done what you're supposed to be getting done? Are you getting done the, 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 the assignment as opposed to did you put in an eight hour day? Right. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you want to, if you want to expound on that a little and and your thoughts on part time.
0: Sure. Um, Um, and that's one of the things that it's, it's my goal to work part time or do contract work because like I said, I've got kids at home and, and I, I want to spend um, time with them when they're at home. Um, so I, I was doing this online webinar when I asked a question to, to this person who was kind of giving the webinar saying, I'm a mom and is, is it worth it for me to go through this if I wanna work part time? And the, the man said, don't sell yourself short. You could, um, something about, you could work, be a kick-ass mom and work full-time at the same time. And I thought, I know that I could, but that's not what I want to do. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of moms are in the same situation where we're really hard workers um, but we're being overlooked because we we can't put in the 40 hours a week that companies are asking us to. And I think that if you look at projects and look at how projects are broken down, you could definitely plan a timeline that includes part-time work. And you, by allowing somebody to come in and work part-time, you're... Um, Increasing the diversity in your company because you're offering opportunities to people who want to be working part time. I think that there's this strange assumption that everybody wants to work full time, and and it's good because full time jobs offer insurance. Well, my husband has insurance, so I don't need that. Um, But I do enjoy doing the work, and I am a hard worker, and I think because of my background, I bring a unique opinion and viewpoint. And I think that's the same thing as a lot of other moms who are being excluded because of their desire to work part-time. I think once you open that up to moms or other people who want to work part-time, you'll see there's not only a growth in productivity, but also in creativity coming out of those companies.
2: Yeah. There's also the added benefit of focus. I mean, when you bring in part-timers, you don't tend to try to spread them all over the place you right. give them specific tasks and you know very goal oriented type of projects which in a way is makes more sense for a lot of people so many people are not good at multitasking so i think it takes i i think the, the problem starts with management that can only think along one track and they can't they can only envision full-time people that do lots of stuff and not people doing chunks of work. And that's what it's gonna take is a switch at the top. Um, but that's harder to do. It seems like it's a stubborn environment at, in that type of, I mean, a lot of management um, ladders to keep things is, the same way.
0: I think that it it doesn't make sense. You know, we wanna grow and expand. But look at the way we're doing things. And I worked for this organization, um, Ballotpedia.org, out of the Lucy Burns Institute. And I was a writer there for for only a couple of months. But they had mostly part-time workers. And they did a fantastic job of making sure that everybody knew what their responsibilities were, what the projects were short-term and long-term. And there were so many great spreadsheets. I wish that I had access to them still because um, even though um, writing articles isn't the same thing as coding, there was a a little bit of coding type stuff that we did there. Um, But because of how organized it was, we could see where we were going in the next year and all of the pieces that would take us there. So yeah, it does require some planning, but they were organized and things got done on time. And I think that's um, also helpful to think of when you're looking at timelines, well, we want to get these projects done, and we need full full time people. Um, but if we look at a larger picture, even go to five years, um, you can still get those things done. And I don't I don't know this from any research, but I think yeah. with more precision than if you just said only with full time people.
2: Yep. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Going back to you discussed the Moms Who Code program. And I'm curious about that, um, mainly because I went to the website and there's a ton of topics and you know different things. Can you speak more about that program from the perspective of someone who doesn't know about it and may be looking to join? What does Moms Who Code focus on? What do they offer and how do people get involved?
0: Yeah so-, so, so
1: before before you jump in there, Becca, and, and I apologize for interrupting, let me let me help with the branding. It's mom's can code, oh, right? okay. not mom's who code. So go ahead, Becca.
0: Oh no, no, thank you. I know and there's so many different organizations and a lot of them are who, but um, I'll talk about the name just for a second because I think it's important. Um, so it's moms can. It, we're enabling moms to do things. They they yeah. have the abilities, and we're just supporting them in, in that. And so for so many things I, um, that moms do, I think it's often thought of in the negative. Well, moms can't be doing this because they're doing this. And so this is that affirmation that, yes, you can do it, and here's your support system. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have found Moms Can Code when they're just beginning. So they had just started, launched in August, and I think I found them in October. And to find that support to say, you can do this, this is something you have the ability to do and to have those cheerleaders because sometimes you just need a cheerleader, all right? Somebody to say, I know you had a bad day. But look where you were five days ago. You're already ahead of that. Um, So first of all, it's a great support network of moms saying you can do this. Um, But also, we have this community of women with a variety of backgrounds. So total newbies, somebody coming in and saying like, hey, I heard about coding. Can you tell me what it is and why I should do it? And we have, you know, you put that on the Facebook page and you get 60 responses because everybody has their story to tell. Um, So we have the newbies, but then we also have the veterans who have been doing this for years and years. And those are the people that kind of act like the mentors. And so I know there's one woman in particular, Christina Gorton, um, she's of Coffee Craft Code, Anytime I have a question about CSS, I'm like, Christina, you you know how to do this because she's just fantastic at creating artwork with CSS Mm. and um, doing these other great and beautiful projects. Um, So we have the mentors there. And then we have the mom support. Like somebody said yesterday, I have been um, parenting my kids by myself for the last X amount of days and I'm losing my mind here. And then you get that support too. Um, and so it's nice. So number one, it's a support organization, but second, we're an educational organization too. So not only do we run the 30 day challenges. So mine is, uh, on blockchain. I've talked about that already. We have ones on transitioning into, um, transitioning into technology from another field, building a portfolio, working with CSS, um, doing APIs, web accessibility, I know there's more that I'm missing. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking too fast, sorry. <laughs> um, You're fine. I'm just excited. I talk fast when I'm excited. <laughs> um, so so we offer those, but one of the benefits that I just wanna touch on about um, what we're doing here with our challenges is Erica Peterson, the founder of Moms Can Code said one of her goals is to pay moms to do things, right? Yeah. Because one of the things we're looking for is financial independence or to be able to make some money. And so she's fulfilling some of her goals by supporting us as we are teaching other moms to do these things as well. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I love about that is I don't have to sell somebody makeup or weight loss program, which is Fine for many people who want to do those things. That is not my personality. I can't do that. Um, And so here, I really appreciate being able to work a side hustle that's doing something that I want to be doing. Um, So we have the challenges, but Moms Can Code is also training women to be leaders in the community. So they call them the lead hers, H-E-R-S. And this is training women to bring technology um, to their kids, to bring it to um, their places of faith and worship, uh, and to say, like, I understand technology, and I can help you to understand it too. And I think that's huge for us as moms, because we're frequently with our kids, and our kids are learning to do things um, that involve coding now. I'll never forget... I used to be a GED teacher. That was my first job out of college. And there was a, a guy that I taught and he was um, maybe in his 40s and he had a daughter that he had been homeschooling because she was bullied. And he said to me, I can't homeschool her anymore because I don't understand the material and, and she needs to have a teacher that knows it. And in many ways, I've kept this with me for the last... 13, 15 years because my kids are going to reach that point that if I don't learn what they're learning, then I'm not going to be able to help them either. And my kids aren't homeschooled right now, but other moms are are in the community are doing that. And I just think that's amazing to be homeschooling and working and learning. Um, so we have some like really great go-getters. Um, And one of the, another awesome thing about Moms Can Code is they have a partnership with ProGate Plus, which has coding lessons, I think 55 coding lessons that you can take for free. And along with that, Moms Can Code is also going to be offering free courses in, I think, um, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, maybe somebody is doing a webinar on Ruby today maybe it's no, no, the intro to game development um, is going on today. And I think they'll keep running that as well. And somebody else is doing an intro to Ruby coming up. So um, I feel like no matter what you're interested in, in tech, Moms Can Code has something for you. And if it's not there already, just say, hey, I would love to know more about whatever, and and then you will find it there probably within a month because everyone is so willing to help you grow.
2: Well, I can definitely relate to your statement about kids learning from their moms. I mean, my mom didn't get into coding, but she definitely started her own business. And every mm-hmm. all the time, even yesterday, I'm thinking about issues and how she dealt with things as an entrepreneur – And how I'd have to do the same as a consultant freelance developer. So, you know, like bringing, I think you will introduce more kids and youth into development if their mom is the first outlet for sure. Yeah. So I can see benefits there.
1: Well, not, not, not only development, but um, just empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, just just going out and actually, it, I shouldn't use the word actually. Just going out and doing things, okay. um, is, is 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 very empowering. So, um, so as as two middle aged white guys, uh, Becca, is there anything we can do to help promote the Moms Can Code, um, platform mission that sort of thing? Because we 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 don't want to come in there and, and mansplain everything. Um, so so how can we help um, not being moms?
0: Yeah, I think that there are some really great ways that you can help. Um, always support the organization in whatever ways you can. So um, one of the ways we have a summit coming up, a Moms Can Code virtual summit. This will be the second one. And so they're currently accepting talks right now. So I think it's great to come and talk at the summit because you're sharing with us what your experience is and you're showing that you support us. So even though you might be talking to all moms, you are supporting us by telling us, like, here are some things that can help you or or here is a trick that you will help your experience. So I think speaking at our summit is a good way to do it. Two, always donating. Um... I was very fortunate to um, receive a, I guess, scholarship, they would call it, to become a part of Moms Can Code because initially I didn't have the money to pay. And it's not that much. It's only $5 a month. So um, somebody, I guess, had donated money and I became part of this online platform. You can still participate in the Facebook page for free. And that's great um, because there's a lot of support there. But all of the extras that come from the platform were really helpful for me as I was initially in my coding journey and now. So I would say financial assistance is a good way. Um, three, always any shout outs on social media and positive comments, like cheer us on or talk about the great work that we're doing because the more people that know about this, the bigger our community becomes. And that's how we get moms in tech to continue to grow. Um, if anybody has, um, job postings or scholarship listings or, um, conference information, all of that stuff is a great resource for moms can code too. So, I know um, Moms Can Code uh, was really fortunate uh, to have tickets to some conferences that they were able to give for free. So if you talk to people that organize conferences, or you have connections. Like if you could use your connections to help us um, to hook moms up with um, things they wouldn't be able to do, um, that would be amazing. I went to my first conference um, a month ago, and it blew my mind wide open. I came out of there with um, so much going on and so much excitement that, um, that I think that's a good thing for everybody to experience. So, um, so support, support, support in whatever way you can, but those are the ways that I think could really help moms now.
2: Awesome.
1: Sure. That's great. Now, um, I'll get some information from you on the virtual summit, mm-hmm. um, uh, so that we can put it in the show notes. Is it a specified time, or is it an ongoing thing? What is what? Talk a little bit more about the summit.
0: yeah. So it is a um, one week, and I a one week summit of talks that run almost all day. I want to say like ten to four every day. So there's a variety of time slots that you can pick from. Um, and moms can tune in. I, the greatest thing for me to be able to experience this was I had two crazy toddlers running around in the background making noise, but I had it on the entire week. Um, and some talks I was able to focus on and, and others were recorded so I could go back and really say like, all right, she's working with Jekyll and so am I. And so I need to be able to focus. I'll do this after the kids go to sleep. Um... So, uh, it's a week long, um, summit of, uh, online. There's, there's, um, moms who are, are there who can ask questions, but it's also archived so they can go back and watch them when they have time or if they want to review it as well.
1: Okay. When, when will that be going on?
0: That's a, give me, I, I, I want to say September, but I should have written it down
1: that's okay we'll 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 gather that we'll we'll put that in the in the show notes and and we'll be promoting it um when when we see it when we see it come along we'll absolutely promote it um so great so um randy did you have anything else for becca Uh,
2: i mean not specifically i think i mean i get i will say that i think the woman that was in my class with her kid like as a mother um was a terrific example for the students in my class because everyone would talk to her and be in awe of her energy and the the fact that she was doing what, you know, everyone I think had a respect for what moms have to do on the family side, but she was also the top performer in our class. She was not, not just in code and building things, but on projects, she was a lead or often in charge of things. And she also had the energy level that so many of the other folks didn't have. And I think that she, you know, there's something to be said for people that get a lot of stuff done in which motherhood involves, bring it to other areas. So I think, you know, just you know, props to you for everything that you have been able to achieve thus far along with a family, raising a family. And I feel like we do need more individuals like you and her that can, you know, bring a completely different perspective of how much people can do (laughs) all at one time.
0: Yeah. And I just, just real quick to build off that, because I really appreciate that. And I think, you know, moms have more at stake here, right? Because we're giving up whatever else we're doing during the day to be learning how to do this so we're often sacrificing any personal time that we have but also there's a long history of women who have been doing this stuff if you look at the history of um computer science and technology women have been there all along our stories just haven't been told so to hear you tell a story and for you to invite me on to tell a story, I mean, that's also a wonderful way to support moms and to say, like, listen, this isn't a new thing for moms. We just yeah. have been forgetting about them.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. So, so Becca, where? Uh, so you're on Twitter as Becca HW. So yes. B-E-K-A-H-H-W, correct? Yes. Yes and how can they find you on the mom's can code platform do they look on do they look for becca do they look for ethereum how should they find you there
0: yeah so i have the same username for mom's can code twitter and instagram Um, so you can find me at Becca HW and if you go to the moms can code website, there's, um, a tab that says our programs meet our coaches and you can find me there as well. And that's where you can click to find my beginner blockchain challenge.
1: Okay, great. And we're, we're going to put those in the show notes as well so that, uh, so that people can, can look that up if they're, if they're driving. So, um, so great. I, we, we really appreciate you you taking time out of your day to, to come on and join us. Um, it's great to hear about everything going on with, with the Moms Can Code platform and everything you're doing. Um, I'll wrap up with one final thing. Um, I know that it, it, you've talked about also at some point screenwriting. So, so how how did that how does that come about? Is that something that uh, that you've always had an interest in?
0: It's funny when I was getting my master's in English, I decided that I was going to write my first screenplay, and it was absolutely awful. Um, it was. I had a cousin who's a, a director in Nashville, and he looked at it and he said something like cut 60% of it and then rewrite it. And I thought, oh man. Um, But I find that it's not that far from coding because you are world building and you have to look at small picture details as well as large picture. And so I really enjoy it as a creative outlet. And one of my goals is to figure out how I could merge coding and screenwriting together and then have my dream job.
1: Sure. Well, great great well again thank you um and uh and
2: we look forward to, to seeing what
1: what what else you you end up doing out there so thank you for joining oh
0: us. thank you so much for having me
2: and best of luck with your goal of streamlining healthcare information and records because lord knows the world the world <laughs> needs that more than anything for sure <laughs> all right well thank you uh we'll talk again soon
0: all right bye
1: Thanks for listening to This Old App. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at www.thisoldapp.online. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. For questions, comments, or things you would like to hear on future shows, please email us at hello at thisoldapp.online. Show music is Guns Blazing by Fab Claxton, licensed by Pond5. Voiceover work by MeganVoices.com. You'll hear from us soon.